For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. This is a weekly public affairs program designed to keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Now here's Vin Ebenu with this week's Jersey Shore Journal. And a good evening to you. I hope that you've all had a great weekend, and I thank you for joining us to discuss the Jersey Shore here tonight. My guest on the show, Tim Zeiss, Alice Woods from Ocean's Harbor House, based in Tom's River, but helping so many across Ocean County and beyond. Then Dan Alexander has a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Ocean's Harbor House has been there for so many at-risk youth between the ages of 10 and 19 for more than 35 years now. Whether it's youth homelessness or addressing the issues of sexual exploitation and sex trafficking of children, not just in Ocean County or even Monmouth County, but across New Jersey and in society as a whole. Alice Woods and Tim Zeiss from Ocean's Harbor House joined myself and Dave Crossan recently on Short Time with Vin and Dave to discuss all their programs, all their initiatives how they help so many, and what you can do to help them as well. You guys have done, Ocean's Harbor House has done such great work for so many for years and years. Um, we want to help continue to spread your messages, all the different work that you do uh, for so many different people so that we can continue to message and continue to help so many people. So what what are some of the specific programs and the, the sort of the target audiences that, that you do help, the age groups that you do help um, at Ocean's Harbor House? Sure. So we've been around since the late 80s. In 1988, uh, we started with a small emergency youth shelter, and we've grown to have another additional transitional living house, which is for older kids. And then we've added a whole bunch of other programs, too. So we're a multi-service agency now. Um, Our shelter serves uh, kids from 10 to 19. There's 12 beds there. Um, And our long-term facility also has 12 beds, but those ages are from 16 to 21. Right. So the goal of the shelter program is actually family reunification. So the kids come to us, our counselors work with the kids and the families to try to resolve whatever the issue is that brought them to that, that place. And uh, we, have a, we have a very high percentage of family reunification. Um, and the kids that report back say that living conditions at home have improved dramatically. Unfortunately, for those kids where family reunification is not feasible, that's where we have the transitional living program. And as Alice mentioned, that's a 12-bed facility. The kids can stay there for up to 18 months. Okay. While they're there, they continue to go to school. They receive counseling. They work a part-time job. A portion of their salary is put into a bank account in their name so that Mm. when they transition out, they have a bit of a nest egg. I like that. Yep, yep. Um, You know, because the cost of living around here is not cheap. Uh, (laughs) True. Living in New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) And they, you know, they receive life skills, financial skills while they're there um, to work through whatever the uh, uh, issues are that they face. You know, and unfortunately, um, you know, these are kids, these are good kids that are just in bad situations. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they come in not really trusting adults because they haven't been in a, in a good environment. So it, it takes a little time for them to transition into feeling safe, you know, um, sharing with our counselors. Um, but it, it really is a home. You know, they, they really, and they don't like to be called homeless. 
right? They tell us that all the time. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's sort of like that that stigma associated yes. with that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that that Dave and I have talked on this show about with homeless as well. There's like a stigma that, oh, you, you know, home, they're homeless, but right, oh, they just happen to be homeless. They are still human beings, and we should treat them as such. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think they have a home with us, right? So yeah. they're, they're not technically homeless, mm-hmm. homeless. Um, they just don't have a house, permanent house. Right. And that's what our goals are to work for them to really build a future um, with. We also help with, you know, connections to job pathways and um, educational pathways just to, you know, create a real solid future for them. I think that's so important what you're doing too. what you were saying about the money going into a savings account mm-hmm. for them. And one thing when you look at education in general for younger people, it's really not as good as it should be, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, teaching people early on right. how to save, you know, be careful of credit card debt and different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing makes a lot of sense and definitely can put them on the right path. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So what are some of the, I know you touched on it, both of you, the day-to-day with this transitional program with helping these, uh, the youth out there while they're you know, with Oceans Harbor House, some of the programs is with social workers, you know, and trying to, you know, dive into maybe give, making them feel comfortable or putting them in a comfortable spot where they feel open, you know, to discussing what's on their mind, their situation, how they came to you at Oceans Harbor House and where they ultimately want to be, um, you know, not just, you know, job-wise, education-wise, but just kind of in a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Well, they, for intake, we do a series of uh, assessments on them, and that kind of helps us guide us to uh, what additional services we can connect them to in the community. And that's everything from substance abuse to social workers to, you know, mental illness to physical wellness. Mm. Um, so we do all that in the beginning. And we also have a primary counselor that's assigned to every ch- uh, young person. So they have chance to really talk about whatever is on their mind or whatever their needs are um, throughout the week with this one person that they really um, identify with. And then they have life skills counselors. Like as Tim said, they have groups and things like that that they go through all week. Um, the groups can be about financial literacy. They can be about meal prepping. They can be about everything that you could need to really be successful in life. You know, what's key, too, is <clears throat> they have chores within the home, mm-hmm. too. Okay. Right. So it's like living at home. That, sure. Right, you, you, you're cooking today or you're cleaning up today. You're taking out the garbage today. Um, you know, things that they may not have been exposed to in their home environment. Yep. And so, you know, those are those are things that are important for them to understand that, you know, they while they're there, their role is to contribute to the, the well-being of everyone else that lives there as well. And, and all of them, most all of them work. So okay. they have a job and they go to their job and, you know. That's part of the whole daily kind of routine as well. You know, and the, and the, and the top reasons, too, why they're there is often it's financial insecurity of the family mm. itself or housing mm. insecurity. Um, it could be, um, I call it family of origin issues that, you know, maybe the parents didn't grow up in the best environment mm-hmm. and they're, they're replicating the same behavior that their parents did. Right. And yep. then another top reason, um, you know, with uh, the, the pandemic, Right. Mm-hmm. The levels oh, yeah. of anxiety and depression among teens has skyrocketed. And uh, the number of teens who've exhibited suicidal tendencies as well. And then kids that are coming out and being rejected by their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another top reason that we're seeing more and more kids in that situation. Yeah, we've seen uh, post-pandemic, as Tim said, um, just them, the kids are presenting with much more um, difficult issues and higher level of mental illness and things like that. So 
we've had to really ramp up our training and um, in our recruitment efforts for our staff to kind of meet that challenge right now. So, yeah. What are some of those, because I know you, you help out youth that are between, um, you know, 10 and 19 years old. For those, I guess, on the, the lower end of that age spectrum, the 10, 11, 12-year-olds, just when they, when they come to you, are they usually pretty scared or is it kind of like a variety of circumstances? And how do you try and find a way to work with somebody who's just that young and in, in such a you know precarious situation? Yeah. Um, well, I would say that mostly we don't get too many uh, young people that are um, between 10 and 12. We do get some. Okay. The average age is approximately 16 in the shelter. Gotcha. Um, but we do get some, and it is hard. Um, the majority of the younger ones have been um, really just through the state system, and it's kind of a grueling, you know, system. So they, they are kind of, you know, really, um, they're not sure what to expect. They're mm-hmm. not sure where they're going to go next, sure. which is very unsettling. Um, so we try to, and often we don't know actually where they're going to be placed next into our shelter, which is something we'd like to really work on with the state. Um, but we do our best to connect them to all the resources that can make them comfortable. And our staff is really trained on, you know, empathy and compassion. And um, so, you know, we do the best that we can in a, in a difficult situation, I think. And that was going to be um, one of my follow-ups as well. I mean, what are some of the challenges that, that you're facing at Ocean's Harbor House with the emergency youth shelter, with providing care for these youth you know, while they're there, but certainly finding transition as well. Are you finding, because uh, uh, to your, your earlier point as well, living in New Jersey isn't cheap. Um, <laughs> but true. I mean, uh, operate, you know, from just uh, operating the nonprofit, from helping these young men and women, uh, these kids, um, what are some of the challenges that, that you're facing that uh, you could use help from state legislators or, or others in the community? Well, go ahead. Well, funding. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. we do receive <clears throat> federal, state, and county funds, and we definitely appreciate that funding. But the level of funding hasn't increased in decades. Oh, wow. Our right. work has has increased exponentially. Um, and what we're trying to do is to raise more money from individuals and organizations. You know, as we, we started the interview, we talked about we still think that there's a lot of people that are not aware of Ocean's Harbor House. Yeah. And a lot of people think that we just serve Ocean County. We serve kids from everywhere. We've right. had kids right. from out of state. We've had kids from out of the country. Um, one of the first young women I met who graduated from this program arrived on a bus in Ocean County from down south. Wow. Didn't know a soul. Had wow. $13 in her pocket. Somehow she found us on, on the Internet. And she came to us. Uh, she was in the shelter, and then she was in the transitional living program. Um, she said that she was a challenge, but we didn't give up on her. And the good news is she went on to earn her bachelor's degree in social work and now is going on to get her master's. That's wow. a great story. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great comeback kind yeah. of story. Yeah, there's you know, story many redemption, stories like being that. Being able to yeah. turn your life around. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we've served close to 6,000 people in our emergency shelter since the 80s. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, I would say another challenge, though, if I can just say that, is that, um, you know, some years ago, we lost funding from the state of New Jersey two years ago. Oh, wow. um, When the budget cut happened due to COVID. Um, So we lost a significant amount of money for our shelter program there. Luckily, we didn't lose it for our transitional program. But um, so I, I would say when you asked about engaging with the legislators and leaders, that we'd like to have further conversations about um, why that is and what if we can get that money back yeah. and who else we can partner with. There are kids waiting for beds in the state of New Jersey that are wait, on a waiting list for a year. Mm. And so um, we have open beds right now. How can we partner with other places and, and the state 
to really get people to where they need to go. So I would think that's really a key feature also, you know, in terms of um, problems that we need to address. Yeah, absolutely. And it certainly is Governor Murphy uh, puts or announces the budget Mm -hmm. next month. Um, hopefully that there is call to action right. to help out organizations like o- Oceans Harbor House with funding because of all the work you do and all the people you help um, mm-hmm. and can continue to do so, especially uh, for what you have now. And if you plan on uh, expanding one day or, yep. you know, continuing to help more and more because, uh-huh. you know, it is certainly it's it's a big issue with, you know, at-risk youth, youth homelessness mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not just in Ocean County, Monmouth County, but uh, to your point earlier is, you know, across the state as well. Yeah. You know, and the number of homeless kids um, is underreported because mm. uh, many of them are couch surfing. Mm-hmm. They're going from place to place to place. Different right. friends or whatever. Yeah, right. like whatever. Okay. And it, you know, obviously that's not a stable environment. Right. And, you know, oftentimes then what happens, they, they're not going to school. Right. Because they're not near where they were registered to, to attend. So, you know, we, we have a tendency to live in a bubble. Right. When you talk about homelessness, whether it's youth homelessness or just family, people think yeah. oh, that's not happening around here. It's happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's happening at an increasingly alarming rate mm-hmm. because of inflation, because of the cost of, of even renting. Right. right. Um, I saw a statistic recently that said rents went up 22 percent in the oh, last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. Right. And if you're making minimum wage, how do you how do you yeah. afford? You can't. So, you know, there's tent cities all over mm-hmm. um, in Ocean County, in Monmouth County, and they're increasing. Yep. And, you know, another thing I wanted to bring up is that kids that are homeless are more likely to be trafficked or exploited sexually. Um, and this is a topic that we've been really working on in the last couple of years. Uh, we received a national fellowship from what's called My Life, My Choice, um, and that ha- is an evidence-based curriculum for um, helping to have young people really understand the signs of grooming and mm. um, dating violence and exploitation. So we're really pushing that work out um, to Ocean and Monmouth County and beyond as well. Right, yeah, and we have someone on staff who works in our Family Crisis Intervention Unit who yep. is a uh, prevention advocate for okay. sexual exploitation of children. And in fact, um, this month is Human Trafficking Awareness Month in January. And um, our advocate is actually doing a session for all the uh, police chiefs in Ocean County, a training like what to look out for. And we have something called the SOAP Project, where we have soaps that are distributed to the area, motels and hotels. And they have a number on there that someone can call because Uh that's what's happening in a lot of these places. That's where these people Hmm. are being brought. And people don't know what's going on. Right. So, you know, we're working with the the police chiefs and um, the prosecutor in Ocean County and also the sheriff to create more awareness uh, in the community about how how this is happening, why it's happening, and how to prevent it. Yeah, because, I mean, no shelter uh, overall. And and then it's just going to the motels across the Mm -hmm. bridge, um, you know, from here anyway, um, in, in to, uh, across Route 35 and everything, staying in the hotels and motels during the winter while they're, a lot of them are vacated uh, before they fill back up in the summer. And then it's where do youth homeless go or adults go, you know, during the summer months when it's hot, where are they now if they can't find a place to go? It is such a big problem, um, you know, to say the least in, in just Ocean County with, you know, being able to help Homeless people of all ages, and you know, it's certainly something that tugs at your heartstrings out there too. With just how many people who are fighting to survive, yep, yeah, and through no fault of their own, I wind, wind right. up in those right. situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Tim and Alice, one of the things we, we touched on before we went to break was the, the topic of sexual exploitation of children and just how much of a, a large, troubling, disturbing problem and trend that it has become and currently is. You know, it's you know kind of like the way financial skimmers try to fleece out people over the internet um, and make things look legitimate. There are bad actors out there going after youth in trying to in getting them into sex trafficking, um, which bec- could become very dark very quick. So, uh, what is it that you're focusing in on with this particular topic and the sexual exploitation of children? Just how much of a massive problem has this become? So, we've really seen an uptick in the national hotline for um, internet sex crimes um, in our area. And we're also located between New York and Philadelphia, um, which is kind of a corridor for these things to happen. And the summer populations, the transient uh, populations of the summer, also it just is ripe for people to have this to happen to them. Mm. But what we want to say to people is that um, human trafficking can sometimes, unfortunately, be um, people that are chained up and trucked across borders. Right. It's also very subtle as well. It can be something that just a young person trades for something else, a picture of themselves in a compromising position for money or for clothes or for esteem. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of happening throughout our high schools right now in our, in our middle schools. So it's really a pervasive problem. I think that um, the conversation really has to you know, get ramped up on that. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, our uh, prevention advocate for that area of work, um, we did a program uh, in one of the local high schools last year. There were 10 girls enrolled in, in this. I think it was an eight week. Yes. Uh, my life, my choice. Yeah. My life, my choice session. And it turned out one of the, the girls that was participating in that group, then it came out and identified that she was in, trapped in that lifestyle, oh, which wow. they were able to extract her from. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's part of our mission, too, is educating educators, sure, the police and parents, and not only the kids, but parents. What are the warning signs? Like, do you start to, to look see out for a change in right. behavior? Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, are they coming home and, and they have a new, new, new shirt Speakers on? Or right. Earrings or like, where do they get that? Or they're, you know, they're spending time away more and more and more mm-hmm. and, and they're not accounting for where, where they've been. Um, so that's a large part of what we're trying to do is to educate the community to let people know that this is happening and it's not just education, but also extraction from that lifestyle. Right. And I think people don't think it's happening right here. It's yeah, some, right. Uh, it's a problem, but it's not a problem in our area. And that's what's so scary about it. It is here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's growing, unfortunately. Um, and you think, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I thought I was invincible and bulletproof, <laughs> right? Of course. Somebody <laughs> sure. could say, oh, you shouldn't do that because that'll happen. Like, nah, that no, won't that happen. Won't happen. <laughs> right, right. You're right. The life of a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> right. So think... And that's Great growing point. up in a stable home environment. So yeah, all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. you're not living in a stable place. Right. And so that whole thing of being bulletproof and visible and that won't happen to me, that's 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 an issue. Yeah, and I'm a single parent of a 17-year-old who will be 18 in a couple of weeks. But There you go. Um, I hear um, all this stuff that goes on. And it, it's it's happening on Instagram. It's happening on, um, you know, all kinds of social media platforms where people pretend to be something that they're not and and lure these young people in, girls and boys, actually. So um, and the LGBTQ uh, community is being hit up really hard on this as well. So um, it's just something that's happening. You know, I can personally say anecdotally it's happening so much more than I ever thought possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think during the, certainly the pandemic, one of the things that 
became worse was cyber crimes uh, of all different kinds, because especially in the early going, when you couldn't go anywhere, when there was all these different rules and Mm -hmm. restrictions in place and everything. Um, So whether it was people trying to take advantage of somebody financially uh, or otherwise, it was just a... In uptake in the amount of different kinds of right. cyber crimes out there, did you see uh, problems like uh, what we're talking about here with the sexual exploitation of children or other crimes that are hitting at youth, forcing them to uh, be a victim of sex trafficking or kidnapped or, or something worse to where you've uh, you know had to report it, intervene in some way, help out victims who have fortunately been rescued? Yeah, I think that we've seen, um, and again, this is difficult to quantify sometimes because um, people don't feel comfortable coming forward with it, but we've seen an uptick um, in all kinds of things on the internet, um, and we have had to have our counselors intervene in those situations, yeah. How difficult are the conversations is it for the counselors to have, you know, once... Uh, somebody has been rescued from that situation and, you know, how to, how can Oceans Harbor House try to help them try to find some sense of normalcy? Yeah, well, this training that we went through, this national fellowship that we went through, uh, was a year-long training for our whole entire staff. And it was about words to use, words mm. to avoid, uh-huh. um, the way that you talk about it, um, the way that you can help them to feel comfortable. Um, we've been trying to identify a survivor uh, mentor that was in the life themselves that could help, you know, kind of have the kids identify what, what was going on. So all those things, um, just we continue to have trainings and and partnerships with all, all those people that are working on this. Yeah. Yeah. So we're considered a trauma-informed agency. Okay. So our counselors have gone through all that training. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, you know, you think about it, these are, these are vulnerable young people who don't trust adults. Right. Sure. So for them to open up, it, it takes time. You have to establish a relationship with that, that counselor. Right. They're yeah. not just going to come out and say this is going on. Right. It's a process. And, right. if, and if you've been embroiled in that life, that's an embarrassment. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to want to talk about it right away? Probably yeah, not. Probably not, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a horrible situation. But the fact that more awareness is being created, the fact that, um, you know, there's, an, there's a national attention to this right, mm-hmm. right now. Um, I have a friend who's in the uh, private aviation business, right? And she just posted that there's a conference on January 26th down in Washington talking about how aviation has a, has a role, okay. especially the private jets, because many of the people that are involved mm. in that mm-hmm. lifestyle are using private jets mm. to haul these people back yeah. and forth. Oh, wow. And we have Whoever sp- thought of that? Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 We have a specific person that is um, trained, uh, a specific counselor that has – this is the work that this person has in their role. So that's new, and we really feel proud of that, that we're really focused on the staffing for that. Right, and she's doing the training for the police departments. Yeah. Now, is that something that you continue to do to try to work with other community partners throughout the, the course of a year as well, whether it's law enforcement, our community, different municipalities, and trying mm-hmm. to just get the word out, uh, here's what we do, here's who we help, and we would want to continue to find ways to get you know the word out. Yeah. And part of it's just educating the public. Mm. Like, you know, we have a walk every year. I think we had talked about oh, that yeah, last that's year. Right, yeah. We do a, uh, something called a walk in their shoes mm-hmm. on the Asbury Park boardwalk. Uh, this year it's going to be on November 5th. Okay. And it's not only a uh, fundraising event, but it's to create more awareness. Mm. And we have stations set up along the boardwalk where people have the opportunity to answer questions and then in, in, into a drawing. 
And we have had so many people come, come back to us and say, you know, I learned so much today. I never mm. knew this existed. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to do is to educate the public more and more about the issues and the issues related to youth homelessness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about being homeless. It's about being vulnerable to all these other things right. that we're right. talking about. Right. And we have another event. It's coming up in June. Okay. It's called the Starry Night, and it's an art auction. And all the art that we feature mostly is made by the Harbor House kids oh, wow. throughout nice. the That's year. Great. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a snazzy cocktail party, but it features their art. And but it's also another way to really we have a youth come in and speak about their experiences and. It's a way for people to really understand what we're doing in a fun atmosphere. So that's another one. Yeah. And with those events, uh, oftentimes, like right now, we have, we've developed a very strong um, working relationship with a lot of different service organizations, whether mm. it's Rotary Clubs, the Kiwanis Clubs. Okay. Um, and those folks not only participated in our walk, but now they're volunteering their time to help clean up our facilities, wow. uh, spread the that's word. Um, so th that's what we're looking to do as well is partner with other organizations that are youth-oriented. You know, the Kiwanians all are about serving kids. Mm -hmm. Rotary clubs, they do a great job. Um, you know, we, we have met with other youth-serving organizations, whether it's the YMCA or the Society Prevent Teen Suicide. Mm -hmm. Just, again, working with them, the Child Advocacy Department at the Monmouth County and Ocean County Prosecutor's Office, mm -hmm. working with them. Uh, it's all about collaboration. I call it collective impact. The yep. more people that are involved, <laughs> no, it's true. the more you can change things. Right, and we sit on the Youth Services Committee and the Homeless Youth Advisory Council and all those committees in the in the uh, community too, just trying to really create synergies uh, across all these platforms, yeah. If I could, I'd like to sure. share like a Go. recent story. Go for it, please. We had a, we had a young man that, that came to us, um, I'll call him Kevin, um, which is not his real name. And um, he came to the shelter um, and he was reunited with his family and then he wound up coming back to the shelter because it wasn't working well for him. and. Um, and then from the shelter, he transitioned to our transitional living program. Okay. Um, he had been in and out of school the whole bit. But the good news is he graduated high school this past June. He, he enrolled in the Marine boot camp oh, in wow. September. That's great. And he graduated in December. So wow. That's fantastic. Right? That's great. So here's a 17-year-old kid that was, didn't know what, what was going to happen. Sure. He wasn't accepted by his family. And now he's he's flying high right he's, he's achieving his dream <laughs> like there that, you go right? <laughs> yeah you know and our our tagline is safe today empower tomorrow and we really like that because it is about the journey right it's about that we do provide a place right now for safety um in an emergency situation but we're also helping them to grow into that next phase so that empowerment tomorrow is really a big deal like tim talked about for our for our youth there yep what are some of the ways that and you've hit on them uh, a couple ways already, but some ways that people in the community could help, uh, whether it's individuals, um, law, law enforcement, other groups in the area, nonprofits, churches, um, you know, how can people help out Oceans Harbor House? Well, they can volunteer to, um, we have something called a wish list. Okay. Right. It's just items that we need. Think okay. about it. We have two facilities that are open 365 days a year. So we have people, we have church groups that donate cleaning products mm -hmm. okay that, right sure cost of inflation everything has gone up of course yeah. so if they're donating cleaning products paper towels toilet paper uh, right. we have we have people that are um, running uh, drives to collect brand new items for the kids uh, not just during the holidays so whether it's you know socks um, we just had a, a, a psychology group at Ocean County College they ran a sock drive and they uh, they just donated 550 pairs of socks wow, wow. that's fantastic mm -hmm. um, and you think of some of these kids, they'll come to us and they have just the clothes on their back. So, you yeah. know, 
clothes items. Uh, people can volunteer to do cleanup projects. Yep. You know, you can't work directly with the kids, but we have two facilities that need to be maintained. Uh, we'd love for people to be involved in our events, whether it's the art uh, reception on, on June 8th this year or the walk on November 5th. I, you know, we used to have, pre-pandemic, we used to have people prepare uh, meals for the kids once mm, a week. There you go. Um, groups could, you know, bring in dinner for 12 kids or whatever. Nice. And we'd like to get back to that sort of thing. So that's a great idea, too. Yeah, that'd be a lot yeah. of fun. And for people that, you know, do want to donate, you're a 501c3. Yes, absolutely. So there's a situation where people, for their taxes, you know, they can give money, get that tax write off. And Vin, I pound the desk all the time. People <laughs> have a tendency at the end of a year to give money. Maybe consider doing it gradually during the course yes, of the year please, because the impact. You. January is a difficult yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure like November, December, yeah. people donate and then the thing will yeah, yeah, be January, the February, the people year. forget. No, they need to right. start doing it gradually, which tax wise, yeah. it's still going to be the same impact, but it's a big help to your organization. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 90 cents of our dollar goes to all of our programs. So there you go. we feel really proud about that. Yeah, we're leaning mean. We're leaning mean. We're not, you know, it's not going to administrative costs right. or fundraising costs. You know, and this is actually the 35th year of mm-hmm, service for mm-hmm. Ocean's Hardbouse 2023. It's a big number. It's a big yeah. number. And um, what we're doing is actually calling donors who have made, you know, sizable gifts. And a sizable gift can be $100 or it could be $1,000 just to thank them, but yeah. also to meet with them to talk hmm. about the work we're doing, to see if they are willing to step up and get more involved either as a volunteer or maybe to increase their donations. And I just had a call with a, a gentleman yesterday who agreed to meet with us. And, and in the course of that conversation, he shared with us that his daughter came to us as a teenager wow. Oh, wow. many years ago. And that's why he continued to donate, because we made a significant difference, not only in her life, but his life. Yeah, it changed right? multiple so lives and just, yeah. just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we hadn't had that conversation, I never would have known wow. that. Tim and uh, Alice, as, as we uh, wrap up here, what are some things that um, that you want to get out there about Ocean's Harbor House to our communities here in Ocean and Monmouth counties? Well, we'd love for people to visit our, our website, right, which is www.oceansharborhouse.org. There it is. It lists everything on there. There's a prominent donate button. That's a great action to take if you can. <laughs> um, but there's volunteer op- opportunities listed as well. Yeah, and I think... Uh, Beyond our own agency, I would just challenge people to really look into the homeless issue mm. um, and to really learn more, especially about youth homelessness and human trafficking and sexual exploitation, just to become more aware because these are happening to our kids yeah. um, in our communities. And, and um, like you said before, I think people don't think that it's happening here. But even if you don't support us, I would just advocate for really learning more about those situations. Yeah. yeah do we kind of help out uh, people in our own community? Yep. Absolutely. Tim and uh, Alice, thanks for coming in thanks this so morning and discussing all the great work that you, you've been doing and continue to do with Ocean's Harbor House. Please keep doing everything you're doing. Great. Thank you, Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate the opportunity yeah. to be here. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Now it's time for Dana Alexander to take the wheel and give you a look at what's going on in the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Good evening, Dan. What's going on? Then coming up Saturday, February 11th, the Barnegat High School Class of 2023 holds their senior class auction in the high school cafeteria starting at 2 p.m. Saturday, February 18th, the Wally Day Parade and Party honors World War II veteran Wally Jameson on his 100th birthday with a parade that starts at Bennett's Mills Road at 11.30 and ends at the VFW Hall on Magnolia Drive with a birthday party. Also on the 18th, the Knights of Columbus Council 6392 holds their comedy night and gift basket wrap 
raffle at the St. Leo the Great Arts and Athletics Center in Lindcroft starting at 7. To get your nonprofit club or organization's event listed on the community calendar, click the submit link at the top of the community calendar page on this station's website. For Jersey Shore Journal, I'm Dan Alexander. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Well, it's time for me to say goodbye and good night, but we do have a full look at what's going on in Jersey Shore news on our free Town Square Media family of apps here in Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Have a great night and a great week ahead, everybody. Talk to you soon. This has been Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue, a public affairs presentation of Town Square Media. Join us again next week as we keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. If you have a story you'd like us to cover on Jersey Shore Journal, please email the host, vin.evenue at townsquaremedia.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.